Good morning. A little hot. Let me turn down a bit. There we go. All right. Hey, how are you? I'm Matt with SoCincy. We're going to adjust the camera just a little bit. Oh, no. Can't do that. Hold on. Wait, what am I trying to do? Oh, I got this all messed up. Oh, well. It's fine. It'll be good. But hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's everyone doing? We're glad to have you. We're going to be in Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7 today. Because it is a lot. So we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. So, again, this is Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. And I wanted to do both because six is real short and and seven just, and, and it just feeds right into chapter seven. So the Acts chapter six, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the distribu- in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers, and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. Then the apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. And everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip. Prochorus, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch. I'm sorry if I, if I butchered those. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted to. Now, I do want to pause there because this is something that, that pops up a lot when when you're doing... Um, ministry and and Kristen and I are gonna we have a video coming out later today. Um, hope I can get that up to uploaded by twelve two o'clock at the latest. Um, and it's just a, a five year um, journey of of what we've what we've learned. Like we've been doing so Cincinnati now for five years. Moved from Dallas to Cincinnati in, in uh, twenty eighteen. So we were like let's do a, a five year update video. And so the one thing we learned was that there are ministries who um, I'm, I'm going to use this but I don't mean it in the negative there are ministries who only care about uh, reaching people with the gospel to make sure they're saved and then there's ministries who yes the gospel is important and what they like to do is they prefer to serve the community and so when these ministries and churches and organizations, when they work together, what happens is that there's a lot of, I don't want to say butting of heads, but just ideas running up against each other. Not a, not a whole lot of stuff um, ends up getting accomplished because they're, and we have, we have, I'm not saying we had this experience. I'm just, I'm just saying, but when you have these two things, these two prior, like high priorities conflicting with one another, um, oftentimes 
neither gets done or there is a, a lack of unity and, and those organizations, ministries, churches don't, don't work together. That's an extreme, like that's an extreme take, right? We saw some, we, what we saw was some people just like, we have this priority. We, we don't want to do this. Others say we have that priority. We don't want to do that. And so when, you, when you're looking at um, the history of the church and things like that, Chris and I also teach for uh, perspectives. And in our chapter, you, you hear this tension. And so the missionaries way back when in the, in the early 14, 1500s or whatever, when they were going to all these different um, new lands and new places, they had they also had this tension of of what they called evangelism only or um, kingdom mission and and church mission. And I, I might be getting these mixed up because I didn't I didn't look it up ahead of time. But one of these things, whether it's church mission or kingdom mission. One of their goals is only to focus on preaching the gospel and getting people saved. And so you somewhat see this right here in Acts chapter 7. The 12 called a meeting, and they said, we apostles should, not sp- should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. So they, they saw the importance of the the preaching and teaching of, of of what the scriptures say, but they also recognized that there was this need that people needed food because everybody was coming together, everybody was sharing, and so their priorities were um, were conflicted because they they wanted to do this. So what did they do? They got together and they said, "Hey, we're going to select seven men, verse three, who are well respected and full of spirit and wisdom." And give them the responsibility of making sure that people are fed and taken care of. And so that they could focus on this thing, but they so they saw this unity come together. And it was a beautiful thing. And so um when you are doing uh, community community reaching, city reaching, this working together, like push through, say, let's do both. We will preach the gospel. And we will support people and organizations who are doing the um, important church stuff that's not church stuff, like feeding people. So we have partners that we work with that we absolutely love that do back-to-school events that that give out book bags. And it's a big, huge thing, and it's coming up in Cincinnati in um, August, I want to say. And we, we love this church and the stuff they do. And we have other churches who are focusing on the homeless. And there's other churches who are focusing on racial reconciliation. And we, we love them working together. And it has been just an honor for, for us to be able to work with these individuals and learn from them as, as they are giants in the faith. And so if you are a, a ministry, a church, a person who is, who is doing these sorts of things, these these city reaching efforts, trying to get people to work together and you're feeling stressed and you're feeling stuck and you're feeling like, like, Oh my goodness. Like it's, it's just not coming together. Like what we had to learn was who you got is who you got work with it. Keep at it. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep taking care of your city. 
God will, God will see it. Because remember, the scripture also says that the harvest is plentiful. There's people out there who are hungry for the spiritual. And the workers are few. So just remember that. But keep persevering and you'll be it. All right. Let's get back into seven. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. That's important. So remember that. Chapter seven or chapter six, verse seven. Many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Verse eight, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power who was just chosen, <laughs> performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of free slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Silica, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people and the elders, the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, The man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council started stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Remember this part. That the people are lying because it's going to be important to understand chapter 8 or chapter 7. So, verse 1 in chapter 7. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? And this was Stephen's reply. Here we go. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor, Abraham, in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his, and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said, and in the, and in the end they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day, and the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob, and when Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles, and God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan, and there was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. And so Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had brought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased, but then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. 
This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months, and when they had abandoned him, Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged, and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day, he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you a ruler and judge of rust, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. Forty years later, in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he, amazed, he was amazed at the sight. As he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come back to, um, to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, who made you a ruler and judge over us. Through, through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will rise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness, and when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai, and there Moses received life-giving words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what has become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf, and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods. In the book of the prophets it is written, was it, to, was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No, you carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Moloch, the star of your god, Rephan, Rif, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exile as far as away as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them to the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. And years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into the new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human's hand, human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't per persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. 
You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the, in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed to him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Chapter 8, verse 1. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And that is today's reading of everything. Whoa, that's a lot. So, <laughs> as I was studying this, I was like, why, what is the, what is the point? Why is uh, Stephen go, going in and, and giving them the, the history lesson of the people of Israel and everything? And so what I, what I found as I, as I continued to study was that it was the idea that the religious leaders who believed they were um, in the right, you know, this whole, the, the whole time. And it's just the history of all, all the Jewish leaders just believing they're, they're right. And so as they, as they did with Jesus and, and killing him and getting, getting rid of him, what Stephen reveals to them is the, is the Jewish leaders um, getting rid of the same prophets and, and leaders of the past because they want to do things their way. So we see it in in three different examples. So he gave it to um, Abraham, who had a son named Isaac, and then who had a son named Jacob. And so um, then it was from Jacob had a son named Joseph. And so Joseph was the the special one, and what ended up having ha happening was the brothers who represent the who are all like the, the 12 tribes of Israel. So they're the Jewish leaders, so to speak. What ends up happening is that they um, sell their brother into slavery. Or no, 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 no. They don't sell their brother into slavery. slavery. They uh, fake kill him, I think. If I'm remembering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I think they do sell him into slavery. Yeah, they sold him to be a slave, verse 9. Um, but then they said, like, to to their fa their father, Joseph, or whoever. Or no, Jacob, sorry. They said to him, like, like, oh, no, your son's dead. Here's his coat. It's got blood on it. But it wasn't real. But they sold him into slavery to the to the Egyptians. And then it was him who rescued them. It was, it was him who rescued them. And then a little bit later on, he talks about... Um, Moses and how um, Moses was sent to be a, a rescuer of, of Israel and Israel's like, get out of here. We don't know who you are. And, and so Moses ends up running away. He comes back. He helps the people out. And then the people are like, look, this Moses guy ain't it. 
and that's um that's around 30 39 yep our ancestors refused to listen to moses so they're saying moses you ain't it so we're gonna take this other guy joshua and have him make us shrines and all sorts of stuff and then they did it with the prophets so all the prophets they were talking about, they're like, they're like, look, you rejected these guys, and you, you didn't want them, and that's who you were, and that's what you did, and so you're doing it with Jesus, and you're doing it with us, and so then they they shook their fist, they come. My favorite part is found in verse fifty seven. It says, then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. So I would imagine a bunch of grown men as the religious leaders, as Stephen's talking about this, they're doing that, la, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you, la, 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 like that kind of thing. And they just, and they just ignore it. And they're like, you know, because their hearts are so hard, or their hearts are so hard, they reject it. And then they end up stoning him to death so they just and what that means they just pick up a bunch of stones uh, if i'm gonna get demonetized and they proceeded to throw it at him to kill him and in this whole time stevens is full of the holy spirit face shining like an angel looking up to heaven seeing god seeing jesus seeing what's going on and utters the essentially the same words as jesus don't charge them with this sin and then dies and it was Saul who was with them. And that's the Bible's daily live stream for today. My goodness, it was a lot. Let me tell you that. And so, uh, whoops, wrong one. There we go. So, I hope you guys have a great weekend because it's Friday, the 14th of July. This month's just flying through. Video will be up later today on the five-year update of Kristen and I with So Cincy. You can give us a follow on all social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads, TikTok. We're hanging out all those places. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Monday. Well, we'll see you in the video later. I'll be in there reacting comments and stuff like that. It's a long video. Just letting you know. It's like 40 minutes. Um, but yeah. So, I hope you have a great weekend and we'll be back here Monday. Uh, for Acts chapter 8. We'll see you.